You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And today, I'm alone. Well, technically, yes, but not really. Um, I'm going to be hosting by myself today. We want to welcome you to the new year, 2020. Hope everyone is doing good. Hope you've started the new year on a good note. And um, so this is our very first episode of the new year. And uh, this year, we've got some pretty exciting things in store. So I want to encourage you to stay tuned in because Radiant Culture is going to be even more radiant. But today, I have some guests in the house. Um, we have the one and only Kuwazo. Yeah, hello everybody. How's it going, man? I'm well, man. How are you doing? Yeah, you're looking a bit trim there. My ten days. Yeah, my ten days. Yeah. Uh, now my ten days. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have a special lady in the house, Tanya. Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So today we have a. Yeah, a very interesting topic. I didn't pick this one, but it's here. We're going to discuss it. And like, like I said, very interesting one. So our topic today is on singleness and celibacy for life. Right. Uh, for those of you that don't know what celibacy is, uh, just look it up. That will help you. But yeah. It's basically, if you've ever heard of people who remain inactive in certain departments all their lives for religious reasons or for whatever reasons, no sexual activities of any sort. Uh, that, oh yeah, that's what it means, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just like my, my very loose... Yeah, definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today we're talking about that <clears throat> in the book of First Corinthians, chapter seven. The Bible talks, you know, Paul, especially in the Bible, talks a lot about, uh, not a lot, but he he refers to um, singleness, and he actually talks about how uh, he seems to give singleness a more prominent <laughs> position um, to to marriage. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. That does it actually make sense? to be single and celibate for for God? And is it practical? Is it doable? And um, what are the reasons why people do it? And are there actually people in this day and age who still um, subscribe to that? So that's what we're talking about. Quite an interesting topic. Um, and for those of you that are considering it, um, I'm hoping that this episode will help you. Cool. So guys, uh, let's talk about this um, practically. Um... A life that is dedicated to singleness for the sake of the gospel, right? Uh, so there's obvious questions that come with that, right? One of the questions being, if your life is dedicated to singleness, does that mean that you you then what, stifle all the desires? Is this why people then end up becoming eunuchs? Yeah, practically, how, how does that work yeah so i think to not well, well, and i'm asking yeah. as a guy we're, oh, gonna, yeah. we're gonna come to the <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um <clears throat> if you if you look at that maybe if, if people like to talk about paul a lot 
I mean, to talk about this passage and I understand all this topic and I, and I, you know, I understand that but if you if you want to get a more definitive I think take on this issue mm-hmm. it's from Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 and I think that's why about verse 10 to around verse 12 where you know he's just given a, a teaching on marriage and divorce and then the disciples uh, and then he says to the Pharisees that uh you're not allowed to divorce your wife. That was just Moses letting you do that because your hearts were hard. But in front, from the beginning, it was not so. If a man divorces his wife, you know, and marries another, you know, he becomes, he commits adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery as well. Um, of course, then he gives the, the, the exception of unchastity. But then the disciples come to him after that and then they say to him, and that's in verse 10 of Matthew 19, they say to him, if this is the situation between a man and a woman, it is better for them not to marry. You know, and Jesus said, uh, actually, <laughs> this is not for everybody. This word I just given, mm-hmm. word for regarding marriage. Right. Not regarding singles, but regarding marriage. And then he says, for there are those who have been made eunuchs because they were born that way. Then there are those who became eunuchs because they were made that way by men. And then there are those who have become eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know? Um, so... Whoever can receive this word, let them receive it. This word about marriage. Those that have not received that word are those that can become eunuchs. So there are those three reasons that someone can become a eunuch. And the idea there is you have people that are born that way, right? Right. Uh, so you're a eunuch not because uh, you chose to be, but that's just how you're born. And then there are those that are made eunuchs because men make them that way. And of course, if you know your story of uh, what happened with the... Uh, Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach right. and Abednego, they were made eunuchs by Nebuchadnezzar against their will, of course. And the idea was to keep the royal you know, uh, family from reproducing. Right. So they were made that way by men. And then there were people like Jesus himself. Yeah. John the Baptist, I don't hear of his family. Anyone know anything about John the Baptist's wife or children? <laughs> you know? uh, and Paul himself. People yeah. who have made themselves eunuchs as a choice that they've made. Okay. say, I'm going to do this for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, just to get some understanding here, when you talk mm-hmm. of a eunuch, are we, are we talking about someone who... It's a person who's committed a... themselves not to marry. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the eunuch in the sense, like in the old days, where a eunuch was, it meant you had, uh, had certain parts of your anatomy removed. Right. You know, um, that's what it meant. But a so eunuch, was that supposed to suppress your feelings by having you put Yes, because once that happens, uh, well, the medical people now will tell us that some hormones that, you know, would be... Are gone. That are gone, yeah. The production of those hormones is, is seriously suppressed. Uh, hormones that have to do with uh, drive, you know, sexual drive and so on. So you are less likely to be inclined that way. And anyway, the real reason for that happening was to keep someone from reproducing. So you could still have sexual drive, but uh, very low drive. Uh, but the idea is, even if you did go on to have sex, you're not able to have children. That was the idea to keep okay. you from, you know, from, from the guys from reproducing and, and having problems in in the future, like Pharaoh had. You know, like oh, all these people are just multiplying. Nebuchadnezzar didn't want that problem, <laughs> so he made sure he dealt with the issue at source, so to speak. I see. Yeah, so when it's now used in the New Testament, when you talk mm-hmm. about being a eunuch, when Jesus uses that word eunuch, he's talking about a person that has uh, made the choice not to spend the rest of their life without being married or, you know, marrying anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya, 
mm-hmm. want to throw this one at you. Thanks, Kuwaza. So we're living in an age right now where, uh, let me not even say in an age, if you are in a, ch- in a church, one of the most pressing questions when you reach a certain age is, when, 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 when is it happening? What's going on? Yeah. When are you getting married? If, it's a, if you're a lady, it's, you know, where's the dude? Mm. Right? If you're a dude, it's like, hey, bruv, mm-hmm. what's the story? Uh, why are you taking so long? Right. Um, Tanya, as a lady, I just want to understand from, from your viewpoint, or maybe from your understanding, um, this whole life of singleness. Because I, I seem to get to hear a lot of it from a male perspective. Uh, maybe just because the, the people that are stated mostly are male. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess nuns are... I was about to say that yeah. nuns, they, you know, they live that life. Nuns they, have nuns. They made that decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as much as you do become a nun, a lot of the... I've heard a couple of cases whereby nuns are in the system, are dedicated to Christ, being celibate and all that, but they find their self, their, uh, themselves giving in. Yeah. And actually leaving that yeah. to get married, acting on their feelings. Because yeah. at the end of the day, God gave us these feelings. Yes, but also, but I mean, I, 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 went, oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to a Catholic uh, school, high school. And I remember there was a, it, it was a guy's school from Form 1 to 4. But in our class, there was a lady who came in and she was doing her schooling. And she was training to be a nun. Mm-hmm. So you re- you end up realizing that some of these ladies became nuns not because that was what they really felt was their calling, but that was like a pathway to get in, in, a, in a, get educated. You go in there, oh. you are you know someone takes care of you, you're fed, and every you've got a meal every day and stuff like that. For someone who's coming from the rural areas where there's so much deprivation and so yeah. on, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was very attractive. So you find that some of those guys would then. So they wouldn't exactly be looking at them aiming to be celibate and yeah. dedicating so themselves some, to some of them come in with ulterior motives. Yeah, yeah. So they come in with ulterior motives. That was, I mean, that was something. And then there was a very tragic thing that happened. One of the ladies actually ended up, um, you know, taking her own life when she fell pregnant uh, after liaising with one of the brothers. Mm. Not brothers in the African-American sense, but brothers in or the brothers. Catholic mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. He was also training to be a brother. So... Mm-hmm. That happened, and then she ended up taking her own life because of the shame of it, and so on yeah. and so forth. So, it was very tragic. Um, and so, you have those kind of cases, yes. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of women who have, you see them; they are well into the you know, past middle age, yeah, quite you know, a lot older, and they spend the rest of, I mean, the whole of their lives just like that. Never married, never had any relations or anything. Yeah. yeah. So what I want to know. Uh-huh. Too, yeah. well, what I want to know is that is this is this a life that one chooses? Or does this life choose you? Mm, nice question. I was actually contemplating on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. We, in my own opinion, I feel like we're all victims of circumstance most of the time. And at the same time, I believe in destiny, fate, and the likes. It's what comes to you that you have to... I guess not accept, but be able to deal with because at first you may not want it, you will resist, but you'll still find yourself where God has placed you for a reason. Yeah. If that's the life that's chosen for you. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's both. It's both. Um, 
both in in the sense so it, it, it depends if you're talking in absolute terms of being celibate right mm-hmm. uh, or being a eunuch mm-hmm. then you do have those instances that Jesus spoke of where he says that some have been made that way by men they right. didn't choose that someone chose that made that choice and then they found themselves in that situation right or some were born that way that's mm-hmm. a destiny issue right you're born celibate was born with no desire to get married at all in your life the people like that yeah. And they they are totally okay. You know, they don't worry about it. They're not concerned. You're all asking, when are you going to get married? And putting all these funny adverts, you know, like they do on Facebook. If you still remember this advert and you're not yet married, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, that's sort mm-hmm. of thing. They're not even bothered by all that stuff. I know, all about it. Apparently, they're called yeah. bisexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Singing to the choir right here. <laughs> Apparently, they're called bisexuals in B-Y-E, bi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, and then some of all those jibes. And they don't, they don't care, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but then there's those that have chosen for the sake of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. They made a choice. They said, okay, I'm going to do this. Like the nuns. Yeah. No one forced them. They made the choice. So, it chooses you to some degree but right. when it's a choice that you're making for the sake of the kingdom it doesn't choose you 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 make the choice hmm. but there's also the element of what 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 choice are you making it's a choice to seek because paul refers to it as a gift from god gift you know he's calling it a gift the gift of chastity uh, i don't know how many people when they desire the higher gifts will say i'm i'm desiring the gift that paul had you know from god the gift of chastity <laughs> But it seems that it's a, it's, if it's a gift from God, it can be desired, just like mm-hmm. prophecy, just like, you know, uh, tongues and interpretation yeah. uh, or words of wisdom. The gift of chastity can also be uh, sought. Okay. And that's what Paul was actually, I mean, it would make sense for Paul to exhort his hearers yeah. to be like him and pitch mm-hmm. his kind of life if he felt that it's just something that either chooses you or it doesn't, you know. So he had it in mind that this is something that you could make a choice about yeah. and he was pitching it to his hearers. The question though is, given the fact that Paul gives it such a, he calls it a gift, refers to it as a gift. Yeah. Is this then implying that having sexual desires, or rather that sexual desires are an impediment to your full or total pursuit of God? Is, is that what it's implying? Because you even look at you know, if you look at, um, and I'm, I'm going to bring bring up like Buddhism, for example. You get those monks, right? Mm-hmm. And some of those guys will, they, they live these lives of isolation where there's none of these things uh, for them to to reach their nirvana or, you know, wh- whatever they're pursuing, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. issue. But I'm just referring to this from the point of view that it seems that the desire is viewed as, as a hurdle of some yeah. sort. Yeah. So similarly... Um, the reason why is, and this is a, a, a question that does Paul talk about this as a, does he refer to it as a gift from the viewpoint that our desires can hinder us from fully pursuing God or fully being useful to God? Is that, is that, is that it? Uh, I know that Paul was saying the desire itself was a problem. I I think it's it's the it's the the desire is such that it always yearns to be fulfilled. Every mm-hmm. desire needs to be fulfilled. So yeah. it's that fulfillment of the desire. And also, if you look at the context in which Paul was speaking, he actually says it uh, as he's you know uh, you know as he's communicating. He says, "I don't want to make this like like a commandment. Mm-hmm. I just want to make it as a concession." 
because but since there's so much sexual immorality and it says i wish that you all were like me that's the ideal that i have for you in mind but because of the immorality that's all, all over the place yeah um therefore it's better for people to marry than to burn with passion and his concern was when the desire comes the way that you're going to fulfill it fulfill that desire is what's going to be an impediment hindrance, to, yeah. your, yeah, to mm-hmm. your to your work with god so that's going to put you in a situation where you're sleeping around, you're fornicating, yeah, uh, or you're sleeping with someone else's spouse. You know, then perhaps you should consider having your own spouse, and within uh, the uh, spiritually uh, acceptable, yeah, uh, you know, bounds of marriage, then you can, you know, uh, fulfill your desire that way. I think that was his main. <laughs> His main issue. He had yeah. that, yeah, so, so there was that issue because that was also something that he addressed to the married people. If you right. look at the first five verses of uh, chapter seven, he talks about not uh, depriving each other of the conjugal rights. Only if you are doing that, maybe during a time of fasting or something like that, and then by, by by mutual consent, and then after that, come back together so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So. It's, it's not just something, the desire part wasn't just something that he had in mind for the singles. It was also something he had in mind for those that are married. That <clears throat> Make sure you're not opening any doors for the enemy. To so, in a way, it's like he's saying uh, that you. if you feel those desires mm-hmm. and you feel you are going to give in, mm-hmm. might as well get married. Yes. So that it's within the confinements of yes, marriage, so which is... Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just guided by God. Okay. So, uh, obviously, you know, we're living in a very interesting society where... To put it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. You know, we, you've, got, you've got movies like The 40-Year-Old Virgin and stuff like that. Basically, uh, implying or suggesting that singleness past a certain age is weird. <laughs> right yeah um anybody here who knows a guy who's single who's 45 and single it's like the dude either has issues or he's mm-hmm. a player or he's divorced we, we already have these yeah stereotypes yeah. right yeah. Mm-hmm. similarly for ladies he's using mushonga yeah. yeah he's using mushonga for ladies it's like once you reach a certain age it's like okay wait, what's what's up yeah um and this is both in the church and outside the church, mm-hmm. even more so in the church, if, yeah. I, if I can say this, yeah. right? Which means that marriage is an expectation that is there yeah. uh, from just from society, from, uh, from the community. Mm-hmm. But now when you, when, you, when you talk about this issue that we're discussing here, being celibate, being uh, single, single for Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. How do you, how do you actively, listen, I know none of you here, most likely I'm not going to choose this path, so we're, we're really talking hypothetically here, but how do you actively promote mm-hmm. a lifestyle like this in the modern day church mm. when everything surrounding a young person is pointing towards marriage? Okay. Because I'll be honest, I've not, I've, I've not heard that. <coughs> sat in a sermon where I was being encouraged to be single for the, <laughs> to remain yeah. single for the Lord. For the Lord. Mm. Yeah. 
you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone's prayer request is, hey, Lord, may the right one come. May the That's correct. Right? Amen. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's an amen. <laughs> <laughs> but but where, where are we actually being encouraged? Or rather, where does the church strike that balance to say, some of you should be pursuing that? I don't know, maybe at your church it happens, but I'm just saying, I... Um, not, yeah, not at my church. I'd say, one of the best ways is to, and this is going to sound so like, you know, run of the mill or whatever, like, yeah, duh. But if we preach the Bible, right? If you're going to go through the Bible, preach the whole counsel of God, you're going to come across 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you're going to come across Matthew 19, you're going to come across all these passages of scripture that plug for uh-huh. singleness mm-hmm. and a celibate life and when you come to those passages of scripture then you've got to preach it as the text says and not putting your own ideas oh but our culture in zim so let's 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 kind of temper it down or whatever no what did paul say what did jesus say and put it out there because we have and this is something that's been on my heart that's why i said i love this topic because I, i've been thinking <coughs> about it what are we going to do for the people amongst us who prob- probably are feeling that way, yeah. but maybe they have no grid to process it through because everyone talks marriage, so they don't know that that's what's what's for them. Right. You know, the minute you open it up and say there's so much, you know, the 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 pulpit and what and things that are taught are so it's so important. Someone said if you want to know um, whatever is lacking in, in any church, check what has been taught about it. You find that there's very, been very little teaching. Hmm. If Think, you know, think about anything, whether it's like if you've got entrepreneurs in your church coming through or you're talking about miracles, signs and wonders and gifts of certain description. If those are not happening in your church, most of the time, check how much has been taught about them. And the things that a church is strong in, look at how much teaching has been made about them. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we don't teach these things, if we don't come to First Corinthians 7 and open it up, say, let the word of God speak for itself and not bring any of our own cultural you know, baggage into it. Mm-hmm. People are not going to feel that sense of, wow, there is this freedom. And actually, marriage isn't the pinnacle. You know, there's uh, this movement. Some talk about it as the feminists are saying marriage is not an achievement. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a new thing. Yeah. And it's actually true. And it should be so. The church should be saying it by bringing the scriptural side of it. It's not yeah. an achievement. It's not nirvana. You know, it's right. not the holy grail. It is a, a, a choice that you can make. Right. But it may not always be the best choice you can make if you want to live a life devoted to Christ and do everything that you want to do in fulfilling the purpose that He's given you. Staying by yourself and being single could be actually a better way to get that, you know, done. And you need to preach that. At the same time, I believe um, it depends on what doctrine the church believes in, because you'll find some churches actually talking about this whole celibacy thing, and they will talk about it, sit you down. And then the majority of the churches that I have seen, they ignore the issue completely as if it doesn't matter, it doesn't exist. Um, Not that it doesn't exist, but it's just a really sensitive issue and they'd rather not touch on it and irk people, if I can say that's how I see it. So at the same time, to some extent, I feel like me being a youth, you feel a little misguided. You don't know where you stand, what the church is saying about it. Yeah, so you find only those special sermons. They're like, okay, we are now going to talk about celibacy and sex. Only when probably they see, okay, this this is another sermon that I heard. This is a pastor was actually saying that I've seen that the churches have ignored this topic a lot. And he goes in depth with it. Mm -hmm. 
So it's only a few who get those nuggets of knowledge. But the church as a whole will not. So, so, we, so this is the encouragement, I guess, is to say, um, let's, let's, let's move away from that. Because just like there was a time when speaking in tongues, you know, mm-hmm. 100 years ago in the church, no one talked about it. No one taught it. It was one of those things. People thought being baptized in the Holy Ghost was, was about becoming holier. Right. Was the holier you became, yeah, that was a sign of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And someone had to come in and say, hey, guys, actually, no, <laughs> you know. And they weren't really telling anyone anything new. It's mm-hmm. exactly what is in the text. Go back to Acts. Go back to what happened in Acts chapter 8. And, so, and I think that can be done as well for topics like this. To say, guys, maybe yeah. you've done the church at the service. Mm-hmm. Why not speaking into it? Especially when you see, uh, I remember I came here talking about divorce and remarriage. Yeah. And if you look at the rate of divorce within the church is the same as that in the world, about 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Is it not possible that one of the reasons for that is mm. because there are people for whom, remember Jesus said this word is not for everybody. Yeah. And people come in there, that word is not for them. About, you wow. know, do not divorce your wife, do not divorce your spouse, marriage is for life. Yeah. And they're going to marriage because there's cultural pressure within the church, outside the church. And they're supposed to have heard this message that you can live your life by yourself. Yeah. And be effective and be acceptable to God. And be sexually abstinent. Yes. Mm. And receive a gift from God if that's what you desire, yeah. to be that way uh, and live a totally productive life, God honoring life. This is actually pretty, yeah. this is pretty deep. And I think there's a, just coming back to the issue of singleness, um, there's also this thing that singleness is almost viewed as a problem to be solved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a, dis- a disease to be cured. Mm. Like, why are you still single? Are you are you okay? Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I think like you're, like you're rightly saying that maybe there's need for more emphasis in uh, from the pulpit. Yeah. You know, to actually state that it's okay for one to pursue this way of life and i guess it will mean that you know pastors will need to really study it yeah and, and focus on that as a topic because yeah. I, I guess it's not the most exciting of topics but you know that maybe there are people for whom this lifestyle is preordained or or, or, or whatever uh wow i actually want to recommend there's a book that i what well, i i read um a summary of it it's a book by a guy called sam Sam Alberry, Alberry. Um, he's part of uh, Ravi Zacharias's team. He's got a book called Seven Myths About Singleness. And he raises some very interesting points. And, you know, th- all those guys are quite deep theologically. So it's not just, you know, he, he actually goes deep into the Bible. He, and and uh, one of the things he's talking about is how Jesus was not very tolerant um, when it comes to sexual issues. Jesus actually, he came in with a higher standard. So people who think that Jesus had a more tolerant approach actually missed the whole point. But anyway, if you can get if you can get if you can get your hands on that book, um, I want to. I'm probably gonna get it on Amazon or something. Um, but just coming back to this, uh, we, we had a, a whole discussion with my friends um, and the producer about this about this chapter. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter fourteen, in verse three, and it says, "And they were singing." So it's talking about people. I think they're before the throne or something. And it says, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. 
no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. So us guys are now like, hey, the 144,000. Anyway, then it says, <laughs> it is these who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the lamb. So, you know, Revelation is a very complex book in, 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 many, in many ways. Uh, what the heck is that scripture talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the context of... Um... So are these the guys... Uh, are we saying there's going to be 144,000 people who all together... We'll go to through, heaven. Throughout all the ages who chose to be, <laughs> to be saved. And these are the guys... <laughs> That make up the 144,000. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> I think that one is where they're coming out of the 12,000 each from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. Right? So it's 12,000 from Asher. Is it symbolic? It's symbolic. Okay. It's symbolic of a people that are consecrated to God. Um, and who, it's more like, you know, how Jesus said to the 12 disciples, uh, you're going to be sitting with me on 12 uh, thrones. Judging the twelve tribes of Israel, mm-hmm. uh, so it's. I think they're just a people that are consecrated to the Lord. We don't know who they are. Um, I don't think it is important for us to know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they, the, the 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 idea is these are people that have consecrated themselves. But what's important and, to us is that they yeah. are virgins. Yes, yes, <laughs> they have not <laughs> defiled themselves <laughs> with women. Yes. Uh, so I, I guess it just depends on the translation you read. Um, but the issue of defiling oneself is not to say that those that you know have wives they're, they're defiling themselves with women, you know. Because <laughs> the Bible then does say in Hebrews that uh, the marriage bed is holy and, undef- uh, and oh. undefiled. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you know, is the Bible contradicting itself? Um, that is talking about people that they're virgins and that they have not engaged in outside of marriage sex, okay. premarital, extramarital, whatever the case may be. Okay. Um, and they've just completely devoted themselves. Just like if you look at the guys who were Nazar- Nazarites. Mm-hmm. Nazarene was the Nazarenes. Who's a Nazarene or Nazarite? Nazarites. Yeah. <laughs> Nazar something. Isn't that what Samson was? Yes. So, you know, they're, they're Nazarites, not Nazarenes. Nazarite. Yeah, Nazarenes were the guys from Nazareth. Nazarites were the guys that devoted themselves. Mm-hmm. So guys like Samuel, for example. Mm-hmm. He was a Nazarite. Samson. Uh, was a Nazarite. John was a Nazarite. Yeah, but but no, but it's not about. So it was about wine. Okay, about okay, okay. drink, strong drink, and whatever, whatever. All right. So it just depends on the level of consecration. It wasn't okay. to do with foods, you know, and not necessarily relations. Right. But you can have a situation where guys are consecrated in terms of their bodies and say, "I'm not going to marry. I'm just going to consecrate myself to the Lord." And that's what being a eunuch is all about. Okay. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be part of the 12,000. Okay. Yeah. Can you be a female eunuch? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There have been so many. And some of the heavy hitters of history, your Teresa of... Uh, Mother Teresa herself. Yeah. Then there's a lady, something of a villa, who had all these amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. The stigmata, I don't know what you believe about the stigmata, uh, where guys would have manifestation of the wounds of Christ on them. On their bodies, do levitations. Uh, I remember one lady who, when she 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 died at the age of thirty three, 
same age as Jesus, but in the, in the last days she could eat nothing except Holy Communion. Um, those kind of experiences. Uh, people call them mystics. If you have time or you... Okay, I'm not going to give you any sources and, and ruin and fry people's brains. Thank you. But <laughs> these, some of these people are coming out of what we, the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, and they were nuns and people who spent all their time just seeking the Lord and praying and to have these incredible experiences in God, mm. encounters. Uh, and, and we get to do some amazing stuff in God. So there, there is that. There's lots of ladies who've who've had those kind of uh, experiences and, and stories. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. So I guess the I, I would say the main sort of point that I'm picking up from from what you mentioned here is that uh, there hasn't been enough emphasis and enough teaching yeah. uh, within. I'm sure there's churches that teach it, but I'm, I'm saying within the, just the general church circles, mm -hmm. there hasn't been enough of an emphasis on this. And there could be people who actually subscribe to that, to, to that way of life. Um, I guess, you know, in closing, um, the thing that kind of makes it tricky or that kind of raises questions is on one end, the picture that is there of the church is that the church is a bride, mm -hmm. right? The, the church is presented as a, as, as a bride. That, that's the picture that's given of the church. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Jesus is the groom. So just on that basis, you know, we, we had a, a whole series here where we're talking about polygamy with our brother Gabriel. And he brought <laughs> us some very interesting <laughs> points. But uh, <clears throat> about the, the bride, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That the, the church is the bride. So then, if the church is the bride, it means that Christ Wajo eh, endorses and promotes marriage yes. in a big way. Yes. But then there's this other thing now where Paul is coming and saying, um, I wish that you were like me. me. Mm -hmm. Right? And almost, almost implying that for you to reach a certain level of dedication to the Lord, you have to be without a bride mm -hmm. or a groom. Mm -hmm. So then I'm just like, okay, so isn't that like a contradiction of some sort though? Hmm. I was actually stuck on that one because I saw it from the get-go. I'm like, okay, I see this contradiction right here. But is it a contradiction? It, yeah. It's not a contradiction. <laughs> is it not? It's not. <laughs> um, I think I need to on Paul's part. have, if you could uh, open Matthew 19. Right. So, I'm reading from Matthew 19, verse 10. And the disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been, been, who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this, receive it. So what Jesus is basically saying is, uh, it's up to those that receive the word. Right. This is the word with regards to marriage. Marriage is beautiful. Marriage uh, has many uh, reasons. You know, God said of the man, it is not good for him to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Mm -hmm. um, in Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, uh, the Bible says that in 
why did he make the two one? What was he seeking? Yeah. He was seeking godly offspring out of the relationship. Right. So you can't even talk about becoming a eunuch if there were no two people who came together. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, and, you, and, and people cannot multiply over the earth if there is no marriage. This and is there is no, uh, you know, uh, reproduction and so on and so forth. Yeah. So those are some of the reasons. And marriage also, as you just said, glorious a depiction of the relationship between Christ and the church. But on the other hand as well, there are those who will be taking the route, the, the, the road of, I want to serve the Lord, I want to consecrate myself and live the rest of my life for the Lord and devote myself to Him. There is no either or, it is both and. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is the ones that marry, they glorify God. And the ones that do not marry for the sake of the kingdom, they also glorify God. So you see Paul saying things like, uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, the one who marries does not sin. But then he also says the one who does not marry does even better, you know, because yeah. he's speaking from his perspective and he's trying to pitch this thing about devotion to the Lord. Yeah. Both have their drawbacks. Both have their, uh, you know, uh, powerful points. Because Paul does talk about this body. Yeah. The body defeating him, fighting him. Yes. And he beat his body down. Yeah. So the good thing about marriage is that you have family, you have community. It's not good for a man to be alone. Think about it. Mm-hmm. If people yeah. want to torture someone, they put you in solitary confinement. Yeah. Put you all by yourself for 21 days and then you come out there, you're going crazy. Because man isn't created to, to be, be alone. alone. Yeah, yeah, I'm going crazy. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you know, so... You know, and also if you look at it from a from a societal point of view, marriage is held in high esteem. Yeah. You know, and the Bible does say, let marriage be esteemed by all. That's what right. the Hebrew says. Right. So there is uh, a beauty to marriage, um, and it also reflects the the relationship uh, in a unique way between Christ and the church. But then Paul says, the reason I'm saying guys consider this way of life is that I, I want to spare you the troubles that come with marriage. You know, there are people who have had to relocate from a place because their child is sick or their wife can only get treatment in another country uh, where, you know, they can't get it in that particular nation, or the spouse, whether it's the husband or the wife, is not able to get a visa because, you know, this this one is a Zimbabwean, the other one is British, and so these guys are playing hardball, the immigration guys, and so one has to be kicked out, and then you have you actually have to leave the country. Yeah. All these kind of complications where people can't end up, you know, that's why Paul says, the one who is married is divided in their, you know, in, in their devotion, in their attention. Right. They're thinking of how they can please their husband and their wife as much as how to please the Lord. So there are all those practical points of why Paul said, I want, I want to spare you the troubles that are coming. Right. Um, I want to spare you and I want to, I'm pitching so that you can have the highest devotion that you possibly can have for the Lord. So it's both sides have their strengths and their weaknesses but what's important is what is the word for you if you're going to pursue marriage then know it's for life you're not going to say ah well i don't like i was just not sure five years you know we're just different people now you know uh, when you were married you're okay but now (laughs) i'm different so bye you know that's not that's not on the table yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and so what resonates with you more you go with that you have to be okay with it from Mm -hmm. the get-go you can't do change oh now i see that i was supposed to be a eunuch five years down the road ten years down the road no three kids yeah, exactly i got three <laughs> kids and now to be a eunuch no but you find people already celibate who are now in that day like ah but then again nah that's not for me you see, <laughs> you know? yeah. 
if you're getting exactly if you're gonna yeah. do a celibate thing like you're gonna be a nun or whatever and then you say um that's a lot better it's 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 easier to do it that way you say look i thought, I, thought I was a pentecostal nun yeah well <laughs> but you have to be sure you have to be determined in your heart and in your mind that's what's important yeah this is what i want to do and then you pursue the gift if you do that you never had the gift if you run away from that life of celibacy right because paul calls it a gift and the, the, the gift enables you to have control over your, your urges your urges and yeah. your desire. Um, so it's something that you're called to. Yeah, so it's something you're called. And it's, there's divine enablement. Yeah. That's why Paul wow. calls it a gift. God actually enables you to live that mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I think what's amazing about the Bible is just the way it addresses all these things. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the Bible contradicting itself. Yeah. But the more you study the Bible, the more you actually see that the Bible has multiple layers yeah. of depth and yeah. and um, it actually supports itself in so many different ways. Yeah. And uh, a, a lot of the times where we, where we feel like the Bible is contradicting itself is just because we haven't studied Fully, yeah. the, the, the Bible properly. Yeah. And I think this is one such topic where, where it's just like, you know, one can actually actively and intentionally choose a life of singleness. Um, and devote themselves to God, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about it like that. Yeah. I guess I'd, I'd always kind of known about it, but then, yeah. you know, it just, you, you put it in a very different light for me, and I'm just like, well, not, not that I'm like, considering it or anything. <laughs> 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 it's okay. Yeah. Cooking monster. Yeah, I have, I have other gifts. I don't think this is... <laughs> One of them. So, yeah, any closing thoughts from you guys before we wrap it up? Tanya. Well, from this beautiful discussion, I've actually been enlightened a lot more than I was before. And I would say that this, uh, in terms of celibacy, singleness, it's something that you're called to. It, God has to take you to that place. And it's a place where he'll know that you'll be able to be sustained, comfortable. And it's not like... Sometimes it'll be out of your comfort zone, but it is your purpose, if I can say that. Yeah. It's something you're called to. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll say I'm grateful that we've had this discussion. Um, as I said, it's a topic that's been on my heart for a few years. And it is my hope that we'll have more people um, come out and say, this is the life I want to live uh, for Christ and have the honor and the respect and the dignity to live that life and the support system within the church yeah. uh, where there's maturity to say you've chosen this path and we're going to support you. I'm not going to make funny, crazy jokes about being married or not being married. And I really hope that we'll have more of that. Yeah. I think that's what I, I would desire to hear more stories of people who have said, I've given up this for the sake of the gospel Yeah. Um, and to see their lives lived out and say, Hey, so we just read it in the Bible but you're living it, man, yeah. you know, and yeah. hear their own story and testimony more, more than you hear from people like myself who uh, do not have that gift. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great, great discussion. I'm yeah. so, so honored to have been a part of it. And yeah. I hope we can, they can, this can just keep going on around the churches. Yeah. Yeah. The churches should just you. talk about this one. more. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I, like I already mentioned, I think this really gave me just some, a, a lot more enlightenment. Um, in this in this area, just saying enlightenment sounds fun. 
Yeah, because that word now you inch a lot of things. But yeah, I, I in closing, I think I also just want to say that. <clears throat> Uh, you know, as we always say at Radiant Culture, that this is more than just about having a discussion. But for you to also search your heart and, and listen to what God is saying to you, you know, and this could be something that you need to consider seriously. Uh, maybe it's not just that, you know, you don't have a game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's actually that just the Lord is trying to say something yeah. through your lack of game. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull you somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, so in closing, just search your heart and um, listen to what God may be saying to you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the program that 2020 is a hot year for us. We've got a lot of exciting topics and discussions and things that we want to do just to grow together as a community, to seek God together, to seek truth together. So stay tuned. God bless. We're out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.